Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Howard Stern. My name is Jeff, and as a child, I would frequently confuse Howard Stern with Joey Ramone. (laughs) My name is Dan, and for a large portion of our relationship, my ex-girlfriend thought I wore dentures. My name is Jimmy, and Dan and I won tickets to see a Star Trek exhibit in Philadelphia while at Comic-Con in 2009? Yeah, I went to that with you. Yeah. I was but there. But Dan and I won the tickets. Oh, that's Did right. Did I go? I don't recall that. Yeah, you were there, because it was like <laughs> when uh, the J.J. Abrams movie just came out. So yeah, they it had just like, came out. Yeah, it was like a big thing, because I'm, I'm a cash Trek fan. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm not like super into... I've gotten more into it since then. But yeah, that was a, a pretty fun experience. Yeah, that was fun. It was it was like one of those things where they they announced something over the loudspeakers. And Dan, I remember Dan and I were like waiting in line for something. And he was like, drop it. And then like immediately started running. <laughs> and like this is when Dan was like at a, a heavier time of his life. And it was just a, a, a thicker boy running through Comic-Con trying to get Star Trek tickets. It was pretty funny. Uh, but it, it and I hope it was time. worth it because I have no recollection of it. You don't remember? No. I have no memory. They of had that. like set pieces of the of the uh, original, yeah, uh, the, original series stuff, and they had the whole bridge from the Next and... Generation. Like they had everything there, Dan. That sounds Little fun. Little phasers and so yeah, it was fun. You should have been there. Uh, <laughs> Did I seem like I enjoyed it? I really, oh, yeah. really wanted to go to the Doctor Who experience in uh, Cardiff or wherever it was, but like yeah. I'm an American baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Why did she think that you had dentures? So um, we had just started dating and the first time she like came over my house and was in my room, uh, I didn't even think about it, but I wear a mouth guard when I sleep because of uh, TMJ, that like lockjaw thing. And so to store them so they're not like out getting gross and being exposed to the elements, I keep them in a denture cup because they're the shape of dentures. And I also clean them with denture cleaner because that's what the doctor said. So when she came (laughs) in my room for the first time on a shelf near my bed was a denture cup and a box of denture cleaner tablets. tablets. (laughs) So uh, we were just getting to know each other and, you know, things were like still kind of like not awkward. But, you know, when you're first getting to know someone, she didn't want to like bring it up. And I never thought about it because it was just part of my room that's there every day. And then after like literally a month, we were like laying in bed together and she's like, um, do you have to take your dentures out? Oh, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, do you want to like well, there, take your there dentures was, out? There was an age gap, so she might have just assumed you were. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I was like, I don't wear uh, dentures. Ha, ha, I opened ha. up the cup. It's just like a little clear plastic thing that I wear in my mouth. But I was like, I could see how maybe I should have explained that because most people our age probably do not have denture cleaner supplies sitting by their bed. That's funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Jeff. Yeah. 
I could definitely see how Howard Stern could be confused for Joey Ramone. They looked a lot alike. They're both from New York. They're both Jewish. <laughs> yeah. And like, they were friends. Joey Ramone went on the show a lot back in the day. Oh, I know. I, there, I've i heard the show uh, when he was on there and it was like, it was real wild. It was funny. But yeah, like when I was younger, I mean, we'll get into how we got into Howard Stern uh, in a bit, but like I was also getting into music and I was like, oh, is that the guy from the show? What? <laughs> The radio? Wait, he's in a band? What? Who? Because they both wear the. It's mostly the dark glasses, the curly hair. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the faces. Hey, 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 guys. This is Shawnee. Uh, you might not know me from the Howard Stern show. And you, you, you're listening to talk, 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 talk me into the world famous pop podcast. talking ourselves into we're gonna do it wow this is what i've been talking myself into what an introduction uh, jim way to you're welcome way to explain to new listeners what we're about to do yep so this is the segment that uh we we do every week that uh we're going to be talking ourselves into things where we've already talked ourselves into things just something little that we're not going to do a whole episode on just something that we're enjoying for the time so uh this week in quarantine uh i have been watching some new tv shows Mm. And uh, I binged an entire, I guess, season. I, I don't know if it's going to get picked up for another season, but um, it was called Prop Culture on uh, the Disney or Disney Plus. Oh, it's on my oh, list. I've, I've heard of that. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, pretty enjoyable. It's about this guy who's going around the country looking for different Disney props throughout the um, uh, throughout the films, and uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, we get a, a little glimpse of uh, Rick Moranis, which was really exciting. He hasn't been in the public eye in a very long time. No, he famously like just gave away his celebrity. Yeah, yeah. he's coming um, back. Yep. Yeah, I, I've heard that, and uh, and also for a good reason too. Uh, I mean, he uh, yep. he stopped uh, he stopped acting so he can take care of his kids after his wife passed away. Um, but uh, it, it was cool to see him in there, and uh, the show was certainly up my alley it's talking about disney which is a a company that i have pretty fond memories of um and they're also talking about filmmaking and talking about different props and collecting it just hit like all three of those ticks off my uh off my list so jimmy it was uh, thoroughly enjoyable jimmy have you seen the show that was on the air about five years ago i want to say it was on amc possibly the history channel called uh hollywood antiques no, I haven't. Oh, it's the exact show as this, but really, without being focused on Disney movies, it's just like focused on anything. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. I'm excited to see this new Disney version because unlike this show, Hollywood Antiques had no like connection to a huge multi conglomerate company with an unlimited right. budget and unlimited reach. So yeah. a lot of times they like couldn't find things that they wanted unlimited to. Unlimited power. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to see this though. I'm I'm glad you talked about that because I want to check it out. It was nuts. They have the it's basically like the Disney archive where they have just like a ton of these things and just like different like little like they just have like a statue of Mickey Mouse just hanging out in there and mm-hmm. like they have some uh, Roger Rabbit uh, props too, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I yeah, love I Roger Rabbit. That. Oh, it's so good. Um, but they just like have it hanging out in the Disney archive. It's it's literally like um that place where they put the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm from uh yeah, yeah. raiders of the last the warehouse <laughs> um it, it's so cool uh all the crap that they have in there i highly recommend it um hmm. it was a really good show hmm. it's pretty fun check that out 
Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, what are you... Uh, oh, oh, Dan. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm saying Dan. Let's do it at Dan, the same okay. time. Let's talk over each other. <laughs> okay. So I have been talking myself into starting bands in my head. And I think Jeff knows what I'm talking about here because he's oh, in yeah. one of these bands. Yeah, I'm in one of the fantasy bands. Yeah. So uh, as you know, unless you're listening to this much further down the road, like probably like three years down the road, we are currently in quarantine. So yes. nobody is really in bands. Technically, I was in a band before this, but we haven't practiced in like two months. Uh, and who knows when we ever will again. But uh, I certainly have plenty of time to be creative and think about things. So I've been playing more guitar. I've been listening to a lot of music. And I keep coming up with ideas of like people that I want to jam with and what styles we should be and what names we should be. So uh, I have sort of started a band with Jeff and our friend Josh yep. that uh, is going to be like weird, uh, eccentric punk with a funk edge inspired by like talking heads and gang of four and stuff like that and uh i came i hate both those bands yeah yeah and <laughs> so so we were we've been talking about doing something like this for a little while and i started to put together a spotify playlist of like influences and jeff added some stuff then i was re-watching the office and i was struck with a fantastic name for a band for this oh, band no. which actually surprisingly is somehow not taken so this band, if we ever get together, will be called Cherokee Jack, which is... Uh, I don't even know that reference. So uh, that is the name of Creed's character in Threat Level Threat Midnight. Threat Level Midnight. Oh. It's the, funny because uh, I just watched the full Threat Level Midnight like a day before you suggested that. Yeah. It's good, That's right? Funny. Yeah, Cherokee Jack it's, is who... It's okay. I wasn't settled on it. I didn't know you were going to... You know, oh, Jeff, it, it is perfect. It's, I, it's it's a little insensitive uh, in our culture, Dan. I don't no, know. No. Yeah, I mean. The show is, not us. Okay, uh, well, we'll see. Anyways, working title. But also, uh, I've been in contact to do an acoustic duo with Jimmy's good friend, Corey. Jimmy, did you know about this? No. Wow, yeah, been... he's going behind your back? Behind your friend back? <laughs> yeah. Apparently. What's well, I'm he's not, poaching friends, dude. I'm not dating her. I'm not like being her best friend. All oh, I'm doing you're is, in a band. That's a commitment. Daniel. I didn't realize that she was as good of a guitar player and singer. I knew she played bass for like hardcore bands, but uh, I've been seeing her on Instagram, like playing guitar and singing. And I was like, yo, I've been doing that a lot lately, too. I've been taking like weird pop songs and making them into acoustic versions. Yeah. So I sent her a video of something I was working on. She sent me a video of something she was working on. And yeah, when this is over, we're going to get together and jam on acoustic guitars and vocal harmonies. Was mm. your wiener under the guitar or over the guitar? <laughs> my wiener was in my pants, Jimmy. Don't mm -hmm. get so protective. Uh, it was a strong three inches. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? Yeah. I'm talking myself into something I already like, but like I'm going hard on it. So a uh, previous job of mine had me traveling around these here United States, going to different trade shows for different products. And I would go to food shows all the time. And I found this product that I fell in love with. Um, and it was tempura fried seaweed. Uh, Yo, you owe me a bag of that. I do, girl. I got you. Hear me out. Hear me out. The brand was called Nori. 
Um, and I, I got free bags at work. So I was like, yeah, this is cool. And then I left that job and I don't get free stuff anymore. And Dan knows that um, I'm pretty cheap. You know, I, I try to find thrifty. Yeah, not cheap, thrifty. But oh, like, I, you know what I just thought of, Jeff? Can I interrupt you for a second? I'm going uh, to. You may uh, not, but you're going your to. Your new couple nickname with your wife is Thrifty and Swifty. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. That's pretty like good. It. Continue. Um, yeah, but like during uh, quarantine, I was like, I want snacks and I don't know what I want. So I was looking these up on Amazon. And I was like, I'm just going to pay to get a six pack of these like tempura fried seaweed snacks. And the brand I couldn't find, but it was this company. It was a Japanese company that they branded it for America. But I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to get their Japanese one. And it's called uh, I forgot what it's called. It's right in front of me. You're it's, eating them right now. It's. Tao Kai Noi. So there's this right here, right? So it's tempura fried. And I accidentally bought the wrong kind. So I bought this, this kind right here. You guys can't see it, but uh, the camera can. And Ooh. it is Tom Young Goong flavor, which is like a, a shrimp soup flavored seaweed. And I was like, oh, cool. And it got here. And I was like, oh, damn, these are just like the strips of seaweed. And I've had those before. And they're like, they're chalky in your mouth and they're healthy and they're gross. These little motherfuckers right here. Sorry, Jim. But this is the it's the crispiest, most delicious, saltiest, flavorful snack I've ever had in my life. And I was like, these are amazing. I got to get more of these. I got a six pack and they were delicious. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go on there. Went back on the Zon. They didn't have them at the moment. So I was like, oh, thanks, okay, Corona. I'm, I'm going to get this same brand, but get the tempura ones. And I got spicy because I'm a spicy little boy. These are better than the other spicy ones I had. <laughs> <gasps> it's so good, dude. I'm like crunching on them at work because I work every other day in the office. And I was like, there's no way to conceal these crunches because. The strips are crispy. The tempuras are crunchy. I got the crisp, the crunch, the seaweed flavor going on, the spice. They're so delicious. They're, they have that beautiful natural umami that the ocean loves to spray into your mouth. And they are so lovely and probably not healthy. But yeah, they're uh, imported. They got the little sticker with the, uh, the U.S. details on them. And uh, I got some bags for next time I see you guys. I'll give you a couple. And I'm going to keep going. I'm getting different flavors. I'm going to try different brands maybe. I don't, this brand, amazing. But I'm hitting seaweed hard. Yo, send me those Amazon links because I no, I'll enjoy. Send, I'll send you the ASIN. I enjoy the uh, the seaweed snacks. I haven't actually tried the um, tempura ones before. I've just tried the straight up nori strips, but I I thought they were really good. I got the spicy ones too back in the day from a market in oh, your man, town, the, edge of the woods. The tempura ones, tempura ones are great. Even the one I was so upset when the box came and I opened it, I was like, "Oh, these aren't tempura." And then I tried it and I was like, "What? This is flavorful. This is this is amazing. They're better than potato chips." I wish I love potato chips and I don't wish that they disappeared from earth, but if they did, I wouldn't <laughs> care because I got these bad boys with me now. Jimmy, would you wow. eat nori chips? I've never had it. I mean, I'm one of those, those people that, uh, when they were a kid and there were seaweed in the, in the, in the lake, I was far away from it. So I don't know if I'm going to, well, I wouldn't, oh, dude, I wouldn't so eat lake seaweed thin. either. Yeah. No, that, you know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Freshwater. Seaweed? I'm just kidding. Get out of here. Uh, sorry, Jim. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking myself into. Um, so if you're listening to this, episode of talk me into because you like howard stern you've wasted 16 minutes but uh hopefully the next hour will uh make you happy and you can hear about howard stern and why we like him and why jimmy should and why he will 
Hi, this is Fred Dafford Law after Howard Sponsor, and you, you're listening to Talk Me Into a Radio on podcast. Be sure to take a listen. Hey now. Hey now. Good morning, sweet world. Uh, Jimmy, this is an episode yep. Jeff and I have been waiting for for quite a long time. For 69 weeks, we have, yeah, so we've waited for a long time because this is our 69th episode, and how appropriate would it be to talk about Howard Cern on our 69th episode? The king of all media. Yes, king of all media. Uh, This was also supposed to come out on June 2nd, but we thought it would be funnier to push it to June 9th, so it comes out on 6-9. 69! Yeah. I don't know what we're doing, but we're having a good time, aren't we? So, uh, Jimmy, I want to find out what your exposure has been. But first, let's let's talk a little bit about how Jeff and I got into Howard Stern. Jeff, what are your earliest Stern show memories? So I do remember uh, the first time I was uh, exposed to Howard Stern was he had a TV show in the 90s. It was on a, like a local station at first, and I didn't see that. But I saw it when it went over to the E-Network. Um, it was late night. They they just recorded their um, the radio show and put the highlights on there. A lot of stuff with a lot of like at that time, what drew me to it, honestly, uh, because you're talking about a 10 year old boy where the naked ladies, uh, they were blurred out. But there were a lot of strippers and a lot of antics. And we'll, we'll get more into the evolution of the show and how that came about and progress into what it is now but you know that's what uh drew my eyes to the screen late night when uh you know i was either sleeping over my grandparents house and the tv was downstairs i was like oh i'm gonna watch watch a little dwarf get in a bunny suit and see a lady take off her bikini so that's what i did and uh it was funny it was just it was so weird because there was that but then there was the whole whack pack which we'll get into a whole bunch of characters that were just really funny um Sometimes I think on the e-show they had musical performances, too, of popular bands at the time. So that was my very, very first exposure. And then a few years later is when Private Parts came out, which was an autobiographical movie. Um, And it was like it was one of those movies where I was 12 or 13 at the time when it came out. And a lot of friends were like talking about it because it was it was dirty. It was naughty. It was funny. So that's my first like really uh my first introduction to Howard Stern not having never even heard the radio show at this point it was just a few years of you know listening to it because like when the radio show was on I was going to school you know I didn't I didn't listen to that in on the school bus or when my parents drove me um and there was no internet so you couldn't listen to old shows yeah uh I have almost the exact same story as you (laughs) I can remember uh we didn't have cable when I was really young, uh, but my grandparents did, and we would go there on Saturday nights, which was one of the nights that they showed the E, yep. the E Channel show. So uh, I think it was on fairly late, if I remember, for a small kid. Oh, it was like always o'clock. on late, yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, I would hope and pray that my parents stayed late enough that I could watch the yeah. Howard Stern show on, <laughs> on E and, and catch like a picture of a woman in a bikini or something. That was like a great experience. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, and then I, I wasn't that into it. Like, I don't think I really knew who any of the people were or like followed no. any, it at all. Uh, I got really into the radio show in high school when I started driving myself because um, 
the way our high school worked, we didn't have assigned parking spaces. Only a few people did. The rest of us had to like just first come first serve on a side street. And uh, so I would drive me and my sister and we would get there early and then just get a good parking space and sit there and listen to the Howard Stern show. So I actually got into the radio show in high school, too. In 2000, um, I got mono from a girl that uh, I talked about on the show. Uh, huge crush on this girl, like one of my first high school crushes. And uh, I didn't kiss her, but she drank out of my Fruitopia bottle without me knowing. And uh, that's how I got it. So it was cool. I got all of the the downside of kissing my <laughs> without crush without, without kissing my crush. So I got mono and I was home for like a month and a half, two months. And I started listening to the radio show then. Um, I, w- I would listen to it on like a, a portable FM player, sometimes like walking to school. But I really just do it daily. This was during the 2000 elections. So like. 90% of my knowledge of everything that was happening at that crazy weird time was from the Stern show. Um, I mean, at the time that was the craziest thing in politics, which is <laughs> child's play. To, yeah. To, uh, which is nowadays. really weird now, but that's when I started really listening daily and you then know. it continued on, um, you know, my entire adult life on terrestrial radio, which was 2006. I think he transferred over to satellite. Um, 2005 because yes. i was still in high school it was my oh, senior okay. year yeah it was oh yeah you're right you're right it was 2005 because i was not in high school and i i i stayed up and i somewhere i have cassettes of his last show on uh terrestrial radio because it was a huge deal it was like outside in new york city and yep. uh i i recorded every second of it i would record like shows too like if uh when I was going to school, when I got better from mono, I'd hit, like record on a four hour tape or whatever and go to school, come back and listen to it. Yeah. So, Jimmy, what is your exposure to Howard Stern or the Howard Stern show? Um, I would say probably a little bit more than culturally. Um, uh, you're my cousin, so you have played uh, multiple shows while like uh, driving on road trips or uh, just going to the movies or whatever. Um, I remember you getting like really into it when um, uh, they were doing um, uh, the the show. I think you had to you had to pay extra or something to get it. Oh yeah, um, the, so Howard TV was a special channel on right. Howard on demand. Yeah, it was, was like uncensored. A, right. Yeah, I remember that. I remember um, that happening and stuff. But um, I mean, like I said, it, it's pretty much just like what people culturally know about the show. Um, I listened to a podcast called the H3 podcast that takes a lot of inspiration from the Stern show. Um, they have their own um, uh, little uh, quote whack packer group of like strange people they interview. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have a bunch of different like hosts that they bounce around upon throughout the show and um, stuff like that. I've heard Stern um, being interviewed, I think on Conan's podcast, I've heard him being interviewed on a couple different podcasts. I've heard some interviews where he's interviewing. Uh, I've seen some clips on YouTube every here, here and there. Um, uh, everybody tells me he's the greatest interviewer of our, of our time. Yeah, and I, I believe from what that. I, from what I've seen, I could probably um, I could probably agree to that. But I, uh, I've I've always said that the two greatest interviews of all time are Howard Stern and Terry Gross. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. who's better because they're both great. And uh, recently, Terry Gross interviewed him, and I was like, "This is this is weird." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but I'd yeah, put Marin up there too. Yeah, Marin's pretty good too. Yeah, I, I okay. don't know if I'd put him there, yeah, but uh, I don't think he's as good. But yeah, I I, I get you. Uh, he can definitely get some things out of you, but it's for a different reason, I think. Um, 
but uh yeah pretty much what i've just said so um this is usually the part of the show where we kind of explain why we like the thing that we're trying to talk the person into but we have a big list for you and i think that's going to come as we go through the list because we have we're, we're spanning his entire career and we try to do the best that we could within our format so first we're going to start you off with watching hey jeff parts yes one second before you get started okay I would like to run a little bit through just briefly some touchstones of his career so that Jimmy and the audience doesn't may not get concert, um, confused by what we're like having them listen to because it's a huge career and we tried to yes. span throughout it. Well, I was getting to that. Oh, okay. yeah, I'll, I'll let you I'll let no, I'll let you lead if you think I can't <laughs> go ahead, Jeff. Let's do it your way. <laughs> I'll just jump in. Well, what I what I was saying was that we're going to start you off with private parts of the movie because it's it's an autobiographical movie starring them um, okay. as as themselves. And, you know, you could think like, well, like straight out of Compton, you know, these people, they made right. a movie about themselves. How true is it? I think that this is fairly accurate into the actual history of Howard Stern and the Howard Stern show. Um, he's also I, very self-deprecative too. So, I mean, he's not he going to really pull He's, he's self-deprecative, but he's also narcissistic. Yeah, um, that's it's an interesting true. combination. Yeah, so but it, it is It is really interesting. So we want to start- The film is based there. on his, it's based on his autobiography. So, uh, and he was involved with the script writing. And as Jeff mentioned, he stars as himself. So do his co-host, Robin Quivers. And Fred, Fred Norris. What's Fred last name? Fred Norris. Norris. I, I, yeah. So it it, it, it tra it's about the first part of his career getting started and getting big. But then we, he is the king of all media. Like he has a movie and books and this movie's based off a book, but he's known for radio. So on the Sirius app, which I believe is free during quarantine, Dan. It is. Um, we're throwing in some history of Howard Stern episodes that catch you up to speed kind of on uh the middle part of his career um we'll so let me interject real quick right. right here uh the history of howard stern was a mini series that they created once they were at sirius radio satellite radio to catch up new listeners so mm, okay. they're pretty detailed and they're pretty long so i didn't want to give you all of them because it's daunting i've listened to them all like at work but it's like dozens of hours long yeah, so, it's very long, very informative, very funny. What Jeff and I decided to do was to give you the last two episodes, which fill you in roughly from the end of Private Parts to um, 2005 when he leaves for Sirius Radio. Okay, that makes sense. So that's we, History of Howard Stern Show yes. Part 9 and 10. Then we have a couple things, the Whack History Month, which um, explains to you the Whack Pack, because there's so many different facets to the show. Um and, yeah, he's and he's possibly the greatest interviewer of all time, but he's also the show's known for social satire, uh, current events, um, this interaction with the listeners through calls, uh, the whack pack. Uh, he has musical guests, so it covers so many different dimensions. So we wanted to address what is personally one of my favorite aspects of the show, which is the whack pack. Right. And then there's a video, uh, the heaviest diaper contest, which is just uh, scatological humor, which the show is very heavy on. Um, and then we go immediately to something deep, which is, you know, we've talked about how we think he's the greatest interviewer of all time. And we went back and forth 
Dan and I deciding which to put. And we wanted to put a recent interview to show how the show has changed, how he's matured as a person over the last 40 years, how his interviewing has gotten better. Um, I was thinking about the Hillary Clinton episode because that was a really good interview. I've heard that's really good. Yeah, but we're also trying to pander to you to get a yes. So we're going to put in an interview from two years ago of Paul McCartney, which uh, he's interviewed several times. Uh, Very good interviews. And then, Dan, uh, you can explain what we're ending the list with. So I wanted to give you one actual full show because so far everything has been either clips or segments or montages. Uh, And I wanted you to experience how... To me, the best part of the Howard Stern show is the way he seamlessly segues from a very serious, moving, emotional interview to a guy peeing in a diaper all day and weighing it. <laughs> and and literally, like all these things can be encompassed in one episode to antics within the staff, to taking right. phone calls, to the having... staff is is a huge part. It's like yeah. imagine the staff as their cast. So employees of the Howard Stern show or Sirius are cast members on this sitcom. Right. So yeah. um the show is a little weird right now because everyone's in quarantine. So they're basically doing the show over Zoom. Um, the quality is pretty good, though, because they, they're using like ISDN lines, like the main people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we I wanted you to listen to the regular show from May 11th, 2020, which is they give them little titles within the app and they're calling this one Ronnie and the Happy Hour. OK, so. So, yeah, it's it's a lot to go through. You're going to have to pace yourself, maybe listen at work or while you're driving or whatever. But um he's got a huge career like jeff said over 40 years he's he's been through he revolutionized radio like he's a narcissist and he'll say all this stuff about himself but it's actually kind of deserving like nobody he he changed pop culture um right nobody had ever done anything like um simulcast radio shows was like a little like funny thing that you could do like every once in a while he turned it into the face of radio as we know it like his show was carried across the entire country and now by moving to satellite radio people listen to him all over the world he is by far the the largest audience of any radio performer and uh yeah i mean like jeff said he conquered his movie was super successful he's written and starred on tv shows he's had best-selling books He's the king of all media. Okay. A couple questions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, How am I watching slash reading slash watching, I don't know, listening? Well, I could go through this quickly. So Private Parts of the Movie is streaming on Hulu or Amazon Prime, whichever you'd prefer. Then the rest of them can all be accessed through the Sirius XM app, which, as Jeff mentioned, is currently free. So you can just download okay. the app and sign up for a free membership, which they've done throughout the coronavirus scare. Okay. And they're in different sections within the app, but I've included like the full title, so you should be able to search for them or find them. All right. And like I said, uh, it's all audio except for the private parts movie and the heaviest diaper contest is actually a visual which is <laughs> is very worth it to watch the video <laughs> okay sounds good so jimmy when we come yeah. back we're gonna be talking ewing to the king of all media
It's episode 69, boys. <laughs> we See, we did that's it. That's a sex thing. It's the sex thing. It's when the mouths are on the parts at the same time. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the description. I really appreciate it. It's You're from welcome. the Jeffra Sutra. So, oh, wow. Oh. That would be a freaky little book. Probably only about four pages long. Yeah, if you could even get there. <laughs> uh, so we listened to a lot of content thanks boys yeah appreciate it and yeah. watched yeah so watched. i didn't so like when we were putting this together dan put all of this together right. and i was just like okay yeah so he sends me a text like hey what about this 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 and this and i'm like yeah sure it sounds good yeah and then jimmy informed us first that it was 24 hours worth of content yep it sure was i counted them all I knew it was going to be a lot, but as we were saying off mic, we still didn't even encompass. We still left off things. Yeah, there's still a lot. Like, I was like, oh, how do you caps like encapsulate a 40 plus year radio career, like multimedia career? Yeah. So real talk, though, I did not listen to all of this. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I've heard all of it a lot. So there yeah. was a lot of skimming. But like then I caught myself like I'm like, oh, I, I've heard this a million times. I'm going to skip it. And then I right. listen like two hours later because it's entertaining. And I'm like, oh, I yeah didn't skip that <laughs> i started with the intentions of skipping but i pretty much watched it all listened to it all oh boy you boys so yeah i listened to all of it i watched uh private parts the film yeah and uh i watched the uh heaviest diaper contest and <coughs> i listened to uh history of howard stern listen to it all man so so jimmy jeff and i were talking and we gave you a lot of content oh you sure as, did as we mentioned <laughs> so you know, we told you don't you don't have to go too in depth taking notes and stuff like that. It's just too much. Right. So we decided the best way to handle this is instead of like individually reviewing all the stuff that we watched or listened to and like going in order like we usually do on the show. Yeah. Right. Um, Jeff and I kind of created like talking points, which we've okay. since we've shared with you. Yes. Jeff, yeah. Jeff and him. Did. Yeah. Mostly not, me. Not just Dan. Jeff doesn't Jeff do doesn't. anything behind the scenes. <laughs> scenes. What you hear of Jeff is 100 percent his contribution to the podcast. Um. <laughs> So we're just going to sort of jump around and hit some of the main topics, the, the key focal points right. of what we consider like what makes Howard Stern great. Yeah. So the first one I wrote down is encompassed largely in private parts, right? which is uh, Howard's early life, his family, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So this crops up a lot, but what did you think about, you know, predominantly what you saw in private parts? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's going to be kind of hard not for me to talk about the movie because I'm a movie boy, right. um, which is I think is fine. Um, movie boy. Yeah, I'm a movie boy. Uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, there's a lot of it that I already knew uh, just from like him being interviewed on different podcasts or uh, TV shows. I think I saw him on the new David Letterman show on Netflix yep. where he talked a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap between that interview and this movie. Right. Um, he was talking about how his... Uh, his father was in radio. He was a sound engineer and stuff, which I already knew. Um, I mean, modulation. Yeah. Uh, we don't get a lot of, um, I mean, we don't get a lot of like his family life in that movie other than like when he's meeting his wife, I guess, first wife. Um, yeah. One of my favorite parts on the show throughout the years is him doing impressions of his parents. Right. And yeah, his mom funny. used to call in every now. They're in their like late 90s now. Yeah. Yep. But his mom used to call in all the time. But he still has a very active relationship with them. Yeah. To this day. So listen, even <laughs> you do one thing a day. Yeah. Honestly, like his impressions of his parents and how they like are constantly alive in his head is like probably my favorite thing about the show. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, I remember him doing an impression of his mom. I don't remember what, I, I think it was for the new episode about the 
COVID-19 situation. And he's like, Howard, I don't think I could leave the house. And he was like, Ma, you won't leave the house anyways, <laughs> which was That's pretty true. funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, his whole early career stuff I thought was really interesting. I mean, that's what I like about Howard Stern is that, uh, like we were talking about with Father John Misty, is that kind of you energy. Sorry, Jim. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, where he's like, he's on the radio and he's just going to do what he wants. And all yeah, that a lot stuff. of people try to like pigeonhole him as a shock jock. Right. Yeah. But what I think he thinks of himself as is like an honesty jock. Like, yeah, he basically just didn't want to act fake for the radio. Right. So the things that guys and him and his friends at 20, 25, 30 were talking about in private, he wanted to put well, on the radio. That's certainly how it yeah. started. And, yeah. and as yeah. we go through his career, he definitely puts even in private parts when they were yeah. playing that word game, trying to get words on the air <laughs> that they shouldn't get on the air. Like it was pretty funny. All of that stuff is real. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Another cool thing about the movie is we're lucky where we are in Connecticut because he got his first real break in Hartford at WCCC. It's where he met Fred. And that station was active in the same form up until a few years ago when it turned into a Christian radio station. But but yeah, they until the day he left Terrestrial Radio, they played the Howard Stern show through every market he was at. So if you were in Connecticut, you could listen to him. Mm, I don't know if they played him when he was in D.C., well, at least when I was alive. Yeah, least. yeah. That's when Jeff and I first started listening. It was on WCCC. There yeah. was there was a small dispute, I think, and like they they switched to Bubble the Love Sponge when I was in high school. Oh yeah, and that's when I was like, Bubble the Love Sponge. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> I was like Howard all the way, and now they're like friends. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I thought the movie is is pretty well crafted as far as like a comedy biopic. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a good job. I'm with Jeff. I, I wish there was a little bit more of... Uh, well, it's kind of interesting, though, because after you watch the movie, if you became a regular listener of the radio show, it sort of just, like, expounds upon it and fleshes out, like, there's hints in the movie that he grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah. But that's something that plays a big part of his adult life and right. his uh, neuroticism with his parents and stuff. So so it gives you a foundation. That's what's good about the movie. I think if you watch private parts and then you just start listening to new episodes of the radio show, mm-hmm. you won't feel super left out. You can get yeah. the basics of who Robin is, who Fred right. is and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I thought the movie was really good. I mean, I have problems with like the ending where it just kind of ends. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it, it was a fine movie. Well, also, it's ironic in hindsight because... It ended as a happy thing that him and Allison are going to be together. Oh, yeah. And then shortly after the movie divorced. was made, they got divorced. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of research too, but uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a funny movie though. It was uh, definitely a lot of laugh out loud moments. And it, like you said, it did feel very accurate to what probably actually happened. And plus a lot of it too is probably recorded too. So like, yeah, they can't be like, oh, this didn't happen. I'm like, yeah. It, it, also, I that was recorded. one of Paul Giamatti's first movie roles oh really i didn't yeah. know that yeah and i think besides his early life and stuff like that it does lay a nice foundational groundwork for understanding how um he had this ongoing rebellion with censorship and stuff right. like that and and the way like he constantly had to fight to get his vision of what radio could be on the air right and then we get a lot of that with the uh, fcc stuff uh towards the middle right and that segues nicely into um the history of Howard Stern part nine and 10, because a lot of that part nine is really about um, 
the cast, which we'll get into in a little bit like yeah. of the show, the cast and crew. But part 10 is really about his struggles with FCC censorship mm-hmm. and then his move to serious radio. So did you know how much of this did, were you aware of? I vaguely knew it uh, just from interviews and stuff. I've heard him talk about it. Um, I think it's super interesting because I'm in media. I know a lot of the FCC regulations and stuff. So like I, I sort of knew this all happening. I remember him moving over to Sirius Radio. I remember it being a huge deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, vaguely. I, I think it's so funny how they they sort of singled him out um, as public enemy number one. Yeah, and had to. The fines were so hefty that his own radio station staff had to sort of like censor him before it went out. Right. With the several dump buttons and stuff, and Jeff. I don't know if you listen, re-listen to this part, but um, there is that awesome conversation where Howard is saying like he doesn't know how he can be funny anymore when they were um, having like a fart contest. Did you hear this part? <laughs> I didn't re-listen to it, but I yeah. remember listening to that when it was And he was like live. screaming at the general manager of the radio station, Tom Chiasana, who it's pretty like the cool thing about his show is like everyone becomes cast members. Yeah, even like if, you know right. who Tom is. Just- yeah. Because you any other radio show. performer, you would have no idea who like these right. behind the yeah, scenes. Who's, people are. who's the the general manager of the Elvis Costello show? Or yeah. Who, yeah. who knows? Nobody knows. Elvis Duran. Uh, Elvis Costello show. Because <laughs> there's three famous Elvises, and yeah. I confuse them. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that that conversation <laughs> was a great example of me for me like of why he had to leave Terrestrial Radio. Is he's like saying like right. Tom, why did you dump that? Like nobody got to hear this funny contest. He's like, well, I had to dump some of the farts because they sounded wetter than others. <laughs> Yeah, that was really good. But. Which is kind of funny because the first thing that ever played on his channel on Sirius was 2001 A Space Odyssey theme song, but done in farts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing you heard. That's pretty funny. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, like you were talking about like the cast, or I guess the crew being the cast, I think is really cool. Yeah. That's what I like about the H3 podcast too, is that like literally like his live switcher is like a big part. He's like one of the hosts, basically. Yeah. Um, so they take a lot of inspiration. So Jeff- who would you say, like, over the years, there is sort of a cast, and then there's a crew that becomes a cast. Yeah. Right. But I want to see if we're on the same page. Who do you think was the cast? I mean, it changed over time, but who who's the cast to you? Overall, the cast, the the main cast is the big three. It's it's Howard, Fred, and Robin. Right. And then when I first started, it was those three and Jackie. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, you know, Jimmy will learn that Jackie quit. And then replaced by Artie. And, and those four were like, that's when I really, really got into it. Yeah. Right. Those four. Artie was on the show for eight and a half years, I eight think. Eight or nine years. Which is crazy because yeah. I didn't know that. And I like Artie Lang. That's crazy because like when, when somebody says the Howard Stern show, the first you thing think I think of, Artie. of is those four. Yeah. Like Artie to me is the Stern show. And he hasn't been on in such a long time. Yeah. yeah. But like I remember when he left, I was like, this is not going to yeah. work. And, and it's still working. It's different. But like he was such... Uh, a main cast member. He was really funny. Uh, the the whole um, I think it was during the uh the whack uh history month or whatever, and he was just cackling at Bigfoot. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, I mean, already holds a sentimental place in Jeff and my heart because that's he was a big part of the cast when we were listening right, predominantly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I remember driving to work, working at Subway, opening up at like nine in the morning at Eat like fresh. 17 or whatever. No, eight, whatever. 17 <laughs> to 19. And yeah. just there was one time when he told the story about doing coke dressed up like a pig. Yeah. 
just driving around. Like I had to pull my car over to the side of the road because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where like you're just I was crying because yeah. I was laughing so hard. And that doesn't really ha- like it's happened a couple times. Yeah. Listening to like National Lampoon Radio Hour or Comedy <laughs> Bang yeah. Bang like every now and then. But this was just beautiful. <laughs> I also love that like his first appearance on the show was like autumn. Well, I don't think it was his first appearance. I, I think it was when he was he was like up for the Jackie chair when he was talking about right. his father. Yeah. I was like, that's, this is like automatically like sentimental. Like it was just like really good. Well, that's why Howard loved him because yeah. Cause he, he went could, with it. He went with it. He yeah. could go deep like yeah. fast. Yeah. Yeah. It, he didn't have to like, he wasn't uncomfortable. See, Artie was a lifelong fan of the show. Right. So him sitting in that chair wasn't like, he already knew all the people. He knew the antics. Right. He knew the storylines. So he just got into it. But you know, as as you heard in the history of Howard Stern Part 9, there's a lot of people out there, or there was, who were like Jeff and I are for Artie, but for Jackie. So it was right. a big deal when yeah. Jackie left, because Jackie was in the Jackie chair, I think, for almost as long as Artie was on the years. 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 Oh, like, so longer. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I do remember Jackie, and I've heard a lot of the old shows with Jackie. I only really remember him from the E! Show. Yeah, that's where I was watching, but, like, he was still kind of, a lot of that drama was going on when I first started listening to the show. Yeah. So yeah. I would remember when he left and came back, and to me, I was just like, whatever, dude, like, you're good, but, yeah, okay. It, uh, it was funny when he, he left, because both times, <laughs> because, like, they were just talking it out on the show, which I really like about the show. Is that like they're open, they're honest. Like if it was any other show, they would just sweep it under the rug. They wouldn't well, talk well, plus, about it. Plus, you mentioned that you listen to a podcast, E3, H3, H3, that yeah. does that. But like nobody did that. Right. Yeah. When, when Howard Stern, like if you listen to just a normal morning zoo show right now, right, that's yeah. how all show, not, I mean, he inspired those as well. Yeah. But like there's no, but there's nothing personal on any other right, yeah. radio show. Like now we have podcasts, we have streaming yeah. shows, we have satellite radio, but like he revolutionized for sure that type, that genre of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. he's a pioneer. And especially the whole breaking the fourth wall and seeing behind the scenes. Like, yeah, arguably, Jeff and I agree that the cast is limited to uh, Howard, Robin, Fred and Jackie slash Artie. Now it's yeah. just Howard, Robin, Fred. Right. Arguably, some people would say that Gary, Baba Booey, Baba yeah. Booey. is part of the cast. And really, in a normal show, you probably wouldn't even hear him speak. He's, an ex- oh, right. he's the yeah. executive producer. Yeah, right. he, he's like definitely in the top five, top four. Well, top four now. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so let's. Fa, fa, fu, fa. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of guys that because Howard is willing to break that wall. Yeah. Have become like fixtures of the show but are really like behind the scenes guys like producers and writers and stuff like that so obviously baba Booey is a classic were you able to sort of from what we gave you were you able to pick up the character of baba Booey? yeah yeah especially when we got to gary's love tape hey both yeah <laughs> uh it was so good um can we just talk about that yeah yeah we can undiscernible amount of time uh <laughs> it was probably my favorite thing that happened uh i love that like Everybody was donating money just to him, yeah, uh, to to watch the uh, the video. And this is what like uh, late nineties, late nineties, right? I miss you, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's so nine. good. My personal life, my business life, professional life is at about a nine. My personal life's <laughs> at about a two. Did you see the? T- have you seen the tape? I I skimmed it on YouTube. Yeah, okay, because it is 
it's beautiful it's really funny it is so good and and there's there's this thing in my head this battle that i have sometimes especially listening back to old stuff and like when i was listening to when i do listen to stern my wife doesn't like him because Mm. she's like he's so mean and i'm like (laughs) no he's not they're just having fun but then like if you dissect him like over the years yeah like him and Baba Booey have gotten into many actual like real fights. Like they've yeah. been very mad at each other before. Yeah. They respect each other professionally, but they've been personally upset with each other. And you're like, at what point is he just like totally shitting on this guy yeah. compared to just like having fun, having a laugh? Cause like if, if that tape existed for me, I wouldn't want anybody <laughs> to see it. Like, yeah. I, yeah. like we mentioned in a previous song, I wrote a love song and like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm embarrassed by it. It doesn't even exist. Nobody knows the words, yeah. but I'm still embarrassed by that. <laughs> but if somebody was like my best friend, if one of you guys were like here world, here's this embarrassing thing. My friend, I'd be like, what? Well, I will slightly correct you. Howard ultimately left it up to Gary. Right. Like people, once money was involved, people but, had yeah. said that. <laughs> Um, callers were like, oh, why don't you just call his ex and get it from her? And yeah, Howard's no. like, no, I want, want it to it come from Gary. From Gary. Yeah. But you know that he was in, he was playing that mind game. That's oh, why the he money was behind. When that microphone shut off, he would have been on Gary like for the good of the show. Yeah. You need to send this in. But <laughs> yeah. also, I agree with you that um, I think spe- especially the earlier you go, the meaner Howard was. Not just to Baba Booey, but to like everyone. I think he was just a meaner yeah. person. <laughs> and now like that's what a lot of fans have problems with is this like new, nicer, softer Howard. Mm. But I still like I it. like that because he progressed as a human. Yeah. I mean, right. like yeah. you can argue that when he was being really mean, he was like my age now. Yeah. And like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you should be a little more chill. And now he's yeah. in his mid sixties, he's almost seven. The part that crosses the line for me and luckily there wasn't a lot of it on on this tape because it it it's really like late 80s early 90s it was when early in gary's career when he was still definitely like beholden to howard and hadn't proven himself as a good producer when howard would call him in anytime he'd made the littlest mistake and make him repeat that's an ongoing thing that i'm sure you've heard yeah yep but yeah he would literally say uh i am stupid and gary would have to say it back and he's like my (laughs) boss is always right and like that stuff is pretty messed up but it's still funny though <laughs> so um out of what you listen to any other standouts in the uh crew slash cast that jump out to you um probably i mean there's not really a whole lot more like crew slash cast like standout moments yeah other than uh heaviest diaper competition right and that's why i put that in there because we get a little bit of um the uh win john's job contest yeah which oh, eventually true. came down to Richard Christie and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sal Governale, some um, stockbroker, yeah, who appear in the heaviest diaper contest. So yeah, so what did you think of them? And you get a little bit more of Sal too, like in some later stuff, his weirdness and his obsession with Howard. Yeah, no, it it was super funny. Uh, that entire thing was was hilarious. Uh, obviously. This can only be done in the uh, serious radio sort of. Uh, I thought you said era. this can only be done. Can only and I was like, done. you be making cannoli. <laughs> cannoli sound good. Um, yeah, no, it was super funny when he accidentally pooped his diaper. I thought it was really good. Um, it, yeah, it, it was. I have no words for it. I mean, there's also hilarious. like a funny like running thread that led up to that, which is like um, before this happened. Howard had called Sal and Richard in because there was a series they're writers on the show yeah and there was a series of bits or gags that they continually um Pitch. like pitched 
that were shot down as being like too gross or too weird or yeah. they legally can't do things yeah so one of them <laughs> and a lot of them involved pee and poop so one of and them wieners. was the heaviest diaper yeah. contest yeah which we ended up seeing howard finally gave in and decided to do that <laughs> but some of the other ones are sort of classic just because they keep being brought up even though they're never done so jeff do you remember any of those other when you say them, i'm going to because all i could think of is just like richard's like i'll if you want me to (laughs) sorry stuff like that yeah so really uh, another classic one that sal has pitched sal has a fascination with urine (laughs) so he has pitched uh several staff members hanging upside down by their ankles holding (laughs) a dixie cup in their mouth and peeing into it and whoever fills up the dixie cup first wins (laughs) another one is where they uh they measure the weight of their Sorry, Jim. <laughs> and whoever has the heaviest secretion wins. Dropping. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I love Richard and Sal. Jeff, are you more of a Richard or a Sal guy? Uh, at first, I was a Sal guy. Well, it's it's hard. I think I like Richard more, but over the years, Jim, Sal, it they found out that Sal has a very interesting family. Really? And even, like, up to now, they're finding out new weird things yeah. about his family, like especially his dad. His dad had a pizzeria, and he says that he invented <laughs> toppings on pizza. And he has this <laughs> thick Italian accent, yeah. and he has children from multiple women that are like still coming out of the woodwork. It sounds like the, fifty now. Yeah, is Sal the one who won the heaviest diaper competition? I don't even remember I don't who remember. won. Oh, okay, so Richard is the one with the red hair who pooped in his diaper. Okay, so Richard won. He's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. I'm uh, a Richard guy. I don't know if you have a preference, Jim. You haven't been exposed to a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, nah, uh, the the dude who won and pooped his pants, I thought was really funny. <laughs> the guy from uh, Kansas. Yeah, that, that was super funny. And they had to uh, change their diaper and stuff like that, too. So, yeah. So, so when, it was when good. The, Sal, or the John's job contest was on the air, I was all for Team Yucko. Like the oh, entire the time, came in every third place. week, I was like, oh, man, Yucko's got to win. He's got to win just because it was so stupid. Right. And at the time, I was like, oh, Richard and Sal are just kind of like guys. I was I was going more for the shtick thing. Hmm. And when they won, I was like, oh, man, Yucko lost. But I'm like so glad he did because Richard <laughs> is awesome. And oh, I'm yeah. so glad that they got Sal on eventually, too. Richard's yeah. dad, who I don't think you hear any of in the stuff that we get. Hey, Richard. It's but Richard man. grew up on a farm in Kansas. <laughs> And his parents are like straight up hillbillies. Yeah. And his dad calls and leaves messages for Richard that Howard plays on the show. And they're like one of the greatest things. They remind me a lot of our grandfather, Jim. Yeah. He's like, hey, Richard, it's your dad. This is raccoon getting into the chicken coop again. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you later, bub. (laughs) That's good. So you have that to look forward to. If we talk you into it, that's a reoccurring thing. Nice. Um, But, you know, one of the things you talked about, which... I definitely think is key is uh, these types of things, the heaviest diaper contest, stuff like that. They can only be done on serious radio. Yeah. So let's talk about Howard's move to serious radio, which to me sort of like splits his career in half. Would you agree with that, Jeff? Absolutely. There's like yeah. pre serious and post serious. Yeah. So uh, were you able to pick up on the tonality change at all from what we gave you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember listening to, uh, I think it was the first episode of the history of Howard Stern um, that you gave me uh, that he was talking about like, yeah, it's weird. There's like these chips that people can put in their car and like 
I guess they're getting like satellite radio or something. Yeah, that was from the late 90s yeah. too. So um, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting that he was talking about it so early on. I remember in middle school listening to like some local radio thing while my mom was driving me to school hmm. and they were talking about oh yeah there's this device that's like real it's the size of a quarter and you could put a hundred songs on it and i was like yo the future is gonna be crazy <laughs> lit fam yeah uh so no that was really fun and um obviously it it sucks that like the whole fcc crackdown was crazy i remember i remember that super bowl and seeing uh <laughs> i remember seeing her little nip um and i remember it being a huge deal and i remember the fcc like really cracking down it was always on the news um i think i remember howard stern being talked about on the news back in the day because it was such a big deal and it is crazy it was definitely a witch hunt trying to get him like off the air basically which was happening when he started being on the radio too Hmm. um but uh no it was super crazy and it sucks that well i mean on one hand it sucks that it was aimed towards him but it also led him into a better place where he can have this sort of freedom and like yeah i mean i think he's more innovative on serious radio than he was on the actual radio yeah um it well it's a weird thing right because when you're on radio you have ideas and then the creativity comes from how to get them on the air true where to where you have free reign you can do whatever you want so you have more options yeah but you might just be like oh i can do whatever so you, I- you do kind of see that I think he's been cognizant of that. Yes. Uh, One thing that they didn't talk about, but Jeff and I can attest to because we remember when he first transitioned to Mm -hmm. satellite radio, a lot of his detractors were like, oh, he's only going there so we could say the F word so we could do more potty stuff. And he made it a point for a very long, like one or two years. Yeah, I would say for at least a year. They still didn't swear. On if one like let came out from a guest, they would be like, "Ah, oh, okay, whatever." But like he didn't swear. Yeah. Right. They were like pushing boundaries and like changing the content yeah. of a lot of things. But he himself and his cast, he would urge to not swear, which is funny because like we when we started the show, we were like, we kind of want to be family friendly, so <laughs> that's why we bleep out. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. Um. But like as time goes on, we kind of realize like who cares? But it's. To me, it's funnier to bleep it out and say, sorry, Jim. So, yeah. like, we keep it in. But, like, there was also, we'll, we'll get to the whack pack later, but there was one whack packer who would frequently swear on the air, and it was a big thing. He's like, come on, you're going to you're gonna find me. I'm right, gonna get yeah, fine for this. I heard that. And when they went over to Satellite, they were trying to get him to recreate a song that they didn't have with swears. He's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not swearing. Yeah, That's so that funny. was, like, another whole thing that thankfully was resolved. But initially, like, there was a lawsuit between Howard and CBS Radio who owned a lot of his, his stuff his, yeah all of his content yeah so they had to career. like remake everything really and then finally like years later he won everything that's why you're able to hear like the history of howard cern go back mm-hmm. to original recordings and stuff that's cool um but yeah there's a lot of detractors who said that howard needed someone to rebel against and without having that like fcc general manager like hanging over looking over yeah. his shoulder that Howard has lost his edge. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think I, I can see that. And sometimes I do agree. I think overall. it just shows that Howard's true nature is that he's because he's able to do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to be as shocking. Right. So I'm fine with that, but I could, it's definitely a different show and I'm sure you can attest to that too. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of the stuff early on was like, 
literally just like i'm going to do this because it's fun and i want to uh mess with people push buttons yeah and now it's sort of like i'm just gonna do this because i enjoy it right it's just based on like what he thinks is funny what he thinks his audience will like yeah exactly um but we talked about the whack pack this is one of my favorite yeah one of my favorite aspects of the show so jim yeah uh I want to get into it with you because I made sure we gave you Whack History Month, which was a big chunk of audio. Right. Seven hours, I think. Yeah. yeah seven yeah, and I, a half. I didn't so, listen to much of that. <laughs> so what did you think of the Whack Pack? I mean, d- try to define it if you can for those listening who don't know what the Whack Pack is. So the Whack Pack is a group of uh, uh, very interesting people um, throughout the ages, throughout like 25, 30 years, probably even longer um, of these people that are. They might have some sort of disability, which Howard s- sort of toes the line of making fun of them and right. sort of like... Uh, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Gary. Like, if you listen to a lot of the older stuff, like I did listen yeah. to some of the Whack Pack and I'm listening to Hank the Angry Dwarf. Yeah. And my wife was like, that's mean. Why does he have to make fun of him? And I was like, yeah, he does. But also, like you hear when they talk about Beetlejuice, like it gave him a life. It did give him a yeah. career, like notoriety, money, like what what kind of life or job can somebody yep. with Zika and a tiny little head And like people hold? people want to be in the whack pack too which I found out throughout yes. uh, the episodes they're, they're like I want to be defined as a whack packer mm-hmm. and like so obviously people are into it they're they don't find it if, I mean, some things that he does say are a little offensive and he does they do combat it a little bit well Eric the actor <laughs> didn't want to be part of that yeah. he wanted to be taken seriously and right. that's to me is so funny yeah he really for me some of the stuff from earlier from the 80s and 90s you have to look at i hate to say it but you have to look at through the prism of the time and what was socially acceptable i agree but i think if you look at it through the prism of the time that it was recorded he pretty deftly toes the line of laughing with versus laughing at absolutely i agree and um so, like Jeff re- referenced Hank, the angry drunken dwarf. Yeah. To me, this is a classic example of how Howard handles the whack pack. Yeah. Which is that he he uses his honesty to make humor without. He's never mean to Hank. He never no. like calls no. Hank something, but he he asks the questions or says the statements that Hank probably deals with in his own mind. Yeah. But people who meet him newly for the first time aren't are too afraid to ask right so howard immediately off the bat he's like do you get women are you get regular size <laughs> girls or yeah. like do you have a normal size people? penis or yeah yes like just and then he shows, shows his penis <laughs> and he's yeah. like oh yeah. you're bigger than me and also like i like that sure hank got noticed because he was a dwarf and he was yelling racist stuff and he was drunk <laughs> yeah. but a big part of why he stuck around was because he had this weird affinity for rock and roll trivia oh, really? and it was even more humorous to have these people come on and get beaten in a trivia contest by a literally a dwarf that was so drunk he couldn't stay on his chair. Yeah. So there's like there's a lot of that. Um, and like one of the classic memories in my head from the E show is when he was dressed up like the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Like I, I just always think about that. That's one of the things where like when you say Howard Stern, I think of the cast. And right. I, I just have a picture of Hank as a bunny in my head. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was super funny. Uh, I knew of Beetlejuice. I remember him being a big deal. Like when YouTube first started, there were a bunch of videos of him just randomly. Oh, yeah. He's like in there. my top three whack pack. Yeah, he's so time. good. He's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So he's let's just he's just like so honest and fantastic. I just yeah. love the guy. So let's talk a little bit about favorite whack packers. Okay. 
Jimmy, I want to start with you. Okay. You have limited exposure as of now, <clears throat> but yeah. from what you've heard, do you have a favorite whack packer so far or one that sticks out to you? I, I probably have like a top three. Ooh. Okay, um, let's hear it. Beetlejuice is one of okay. them uh, for obvious reasons. He's just great. Who, me? <laughs> Hank the Angry Could Dwarf uh, I thought was phenomenal as well. I also like that they those two had a beef, which I thought was yeah, really oh, funny. Yeah, their beef was so... <laughs> uh, you stupid little midget. Yeah. Um, and um, High Pitch Eric I thought was really funny yeah, too. Yeah, High Pitch Eric is great. High Pitch is on the Mount Rushmore for he, me. He's definitely in the top four. Jeff, yeah. let's hear your top three. All right. So uh, top three got to be Beetle. Well, you've been listening long enough that I want to hear long them ranked time. in order. That's what I'm saying. Okay. okay. So I'm, Jimmy's my, new, so he, my, he can't define My top his... one I'm saving for okay, last. Okay, let's hear like, it. Countdown. Right. Number three, Beetlejuice. We're doing three? Yeah, you said top three. Okay. Top three would have to be, all time, would have to be High Pitch at three, Beetle at two, and at number one, Riley Martin. Wow. He is my absolute favorite, and I don't think he was on this list at all. No. They so, referenced him, but I don't think there's any audio. So, Jim, Riley Martin was like a guy, 40s, 50s, in his 40s or 50s. When they first met him, yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, Picture Morgan Freeman, right? Okay. Except for he claims that every eight years for like the first 40 or 50 years of his life, he was abducted by an alien. <laughs> the same alien. The same alien. Oquatanjinwan. Oh, this guy. Yeah. This guy. Oh. So he wrote a book about it called The Coming of Tan. There's right. an audiobook which I've listened to. And I didn't know he was a amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. But he was also heavily into drugs. He was super sexist. He was. Like, he had a crazy life. He was a bare-knuckle boxer when he was younger. Yeah. He also made most of his living by selling hand-drawn symbols i regret to this day i did not buy one before Me too. he died so the symbols were your pass oh, to the mothership yeah a couple years ago yeah he would sell these things that he drew the, in crayon uh, that the was like mothership is located by the rings of saturn <laughs> yeah so, it's so great. he's made love to aliens he goes into details yeah. about like he's got half children half alien children yeah uh, and like on the in the book there's like a dog alien <laughs> that talks and they like hate each other. And this is an audiobook. So usually audiobooks you're reading it, but he goes on like side tangents in the audiobook. He just riffs. He's like, uh, this tricky little motherfucker right here. It's he's so great. And like, sorry, Jim. Um, yeah. there there was like if you go back in the serious app, you can find like he would go on road shows as a stand-up, but he didn't know stand-up and get progressively <laughs> more drunk to the point where his whole set is a half hour of him just going, uh <laughs> and like falling over and when they went to Sirius Howard gave different people shows so we would have a right, full day's yeah. worth of content before he had all his shows like we told you he had and Riley Martin had a show and people would call in to ask him questions just about life about the aliens yeah. and 97% of them were trolls and he would treat them like they were real yeah it, I, he's just I love him so People much. would call up and be like, do Biavians fart? And he'd be like, well, uh, the Biavians do not have the same digestive tract as we do. <laughs> That's good. So good. Dan, well, what are your top three? Uh, Counting down from three to one. All time. Yeah, this is really tough for me. Um, I'm going to say number three. Who's high pitch? <laughs> so good. So much content over the years. So many weird aspects yeah, of his personality. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Uh just just endless uh i saw that there was a little clip of it during the heaviest cyber contest where he pooped into a bag and waited apparently yeah the um <laughs> which i wish i saw what did they call that they called it the 
poop again or something like that something like that yeah yeah it was him versus his former best friend who has since passed away joey boots and they they weighed their poop for 24 hours (laughs) and i believe yeah high pitch one he did win it's funny um uh so high pitch number three yeah number t number two who me this is Beetle. He's as bad as can. You know he's the best. Yeah. So good. So many endless hours of entertainment. I love it. It's, it almost seems like he's not even completely sure if the answer he's like answering. He oh, is, no, not. the, the yeah. answer is different every single I love yeah. when Howard it asks him so the same good. question back to it back changes. and he gives different answers. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you been exercising, Beetle? You looking good? He's like, yeah, you know, lifted some weights. Oh, how much you bench? Oh, about 25 pounds. Oh, really? How much weight can you bench lift? Oh, about 350 pounds. Or his first appearance when he was talking about, like, do you have any brothers and sisters? Oh, yeah, I got five of them. Are they all small? Yup. And he's like, yeah. are you the tallest one? Yup. And then he says that he's the smallest one. It's, yeah, it's it great. changes. Yeah, so good. So, so good. Number, Number one. one. So I feel like Jeff's number one opinion was pretty controversial. Like Riley Martin usually doesn't rank as high for most people. He's as my Jeff. favorite, but they're like yeah. I understand why he's not. As my number one is also a little bit controversial. Okay. Um, and I swear to you that this is not me pandering for something upcoming in the show. Okay. Always my favorite has been Hello there, couples. <laughs> <laughs> Fred the Elephant Boy. Yeah, he's right, great. Yeah. One of the longest running whack packers. He was very good from what I've listened to. And he to. plays along with everything. Oh, yeah. He, unlike most whack packers, is of normal intelligence. Yeah. He maintains a regular job. Uh, he's a good person. A lot of the stuff that he does on the show, he does for good reason, like to win prizes for his family members and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's another one that they discovered because he has a funny voice. But as the years went by, there's so much more to him. Yeah. Like so many great moments, so many great prank phone calls. They played um, in the Whack Pack bracket. They played probably my all-time favorite phony phone call. Right. I remember this. Which is Fred the Elephant Boy calling the taffy store, <laughs> saying that he ate the taffy while it was too hot and it burned his mouth. He's like, you have to help me. <laughs> He's like, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, that was really good. I also love that he was just there when they were dancing gay. Quote, yeah. uh To, oh, yeah. uh, what's the name of that In excess. Yeah, so good. Uh, when uh, John Stewart was there, too, was just Google randomly. Dolls. Oh, Google Dolls, you're yeah, right. Google I'm sorry. Dolls, yes. There was another thing. That did John with Stewart was there before The Daily Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, guys, I alluded to not wanting to seem like I was pandering because right now, we were blessed with a couple very special guests. Yes. Who called in to sort of give a push to Jimmy as to why he should be a fan of the Howard Stern show. Okay. So right now we we're doing have it now. I thought we were saving this for the end. Well, I have one for later. Oh. But okay. since we're talking about Fred the Elephant Boy, I was miraculously and this is a dream come true for me i was able <laughs> yeah. to have a conversation with literally my favorite whack packer of all time wow i talked to fred the elephant boy okay about his history with the howard stern show and why he thinks you should be a fan of the howard stern show so right now exclusively for talk me into here is fred the elephant boy hi jimmy this is fred the elephant boy i am one of howard stone's Oldest and most famous 
I don't want to send more spam is by popular white packers. That's a group of people. You may have something wrong with them. You know, mentally, mentally, emotionally, physically, and he gave them a life. Because most radio shows you will see on your radio, if I go up any other show, I will get hung up on. But how is show gave me a life? And also, expressing that he is on satellite, his gave a much more better grade of guests. We top A talent. I would still suggest to to give him a listen to. And before long, you will be listening to him for the all four hours of the show. In 1988, Howard invited a woman on that date with Tourette. And and, and, and and she was barking like a dog at times. So I, me and my friend whom I work with, I uh, said, if she can get on the, on the show, I should be a cleanse. I am more pathetic than she is. And, you know, so we wrote a letter to Howard because before that, I never go up to the so, you know, because of my speech, uh, uh, you know, so with that, a couple of days later, Carrie gave me a phone call to see if I was legit. The next day, how come me up in front of me to die date on that Friday, and the rest is history. The most famous thing I, I I did was I went with how to open New York so he could be nominated for governor of of New York. And he put me on stage to give the nominated speech. And I found that very special because I just give, give like, how do you say, a recipe to the our political system and, and that was great so Jim yes <laughs> you had Fred the Elephant Boy one of the most famous long tenured members of the WAC pack Very true. Yeah. call in to pitch you the Howard Stern show yeah what do you think about that it's amazing um, I'm now such a big fan uh, because it, it was so good like obviously he's he's talking directly to me yeah, uh, I think I think it's amazing. I'm very happy. What I love about it is without the antics of the show and the prodding of Howard and the writers and stuff like that, you get a, a look at the real Fred and he's like such a nice guy. Yeah, I had such a good conversation with him. He was so affable. He was so willing to work with us. He literally gave me his cell phone number and was like, yeah, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> It was That's so awesome. awesome. So we really appreciate that. Uh, so how Fred. many unsolicited D pics have you sent them since then? <laughs> Zero. Oh, okay. I've been very respectful. <laughs> I do uh, like that he's on the fence. Apparently, according to Howard. Yeah. So good. Uh, 
about being in the whack pack you mean no of being like are you going for guys or girls now or whatever. oh yeah yeah he's like hello the couples <laughs> so good yeah um so yeah we're gonna give definitely in the show notes uh we're gonna list out fred's cameo wow uh, a lot of these whack packers have taken to oh, a service right, called yeah. cameo where you can request uh customizable audio messages from yeah. them and they'll record video audio for you. It's a really cool service. And Fred the Elephant Boy has like one of the best ones because obviously you want you want Fred the Elephant Boy's voice. You know, wishing yeah. if you're friends with someone who's like a huge Stern fan or whatever like that. Or you your can get husband, 30 seconds of high pitch laying in bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, we're going to have a link to Fred's uh, cameo in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. Um, but like the whack pack is so huge. Like top three, you put me on the spot. So I just thought of my top three. And as you guys were talking, I'm like, Oh, but I love Mark the Bagger. Yep. Oh, but I love Wendy the Slow Adult. Eric the Actor. Oh, I, I, Eric the Actor was great because yeah. he's just so unlikable. And yeah. Gary the Conqueror is just, there, there's so many good, even Hank. Like, I, Hank was one of the first Whack Packers I, I saw. Yeah. So obviously, so many good ones. The show gets pretty crazy with Whack Packers yeah. and their antics and stuff like that. Yeah. But another thing that we asked you to listen to was something that Howard has become more respected for recently, yeah. which is his interviewing prowess. Yeah. And uh, as you know, recently he published a book, Howard Stern Comes Again, which yeah. is excerpts from his most uh, satisfying or successful interviews. I got that from my dad, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. he's he's been respected for a while because like, yeah. in the history, like as the show you've heard in the beginning was very crass. And not a lot of people would want to be on the show. People with like high stature, famous actors, like he would have musicians on. That's why he would have porn stars and strippers because they were some of the only people that would ever come on a show. But then you have actual actors coming on. And once like you had one or two good actors, then like George Clooney would just show up. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, George Clooney, like famously, like helped get South Park started. Like he's kind of just like this weird dude in real life. He's a fan of comedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Weird dude in real life is the synonymous for a fan of comedy. (laughs) But so, yes, in in the last 20 years of his career, he he has been known for giving these really good interviews. Yeah. And um, Dan will will say what we let you we made you listen to. Well, Jeff. Yeah. We had a little debate between us. We wanted to include one interview because they're pretty long form. Right? Yeah. And and there's some that like you really enjoy, but we're like, do we put in one that we enjoy? Do we put in a good one? We debated on putting in the Hillary Clinton episode or interview because like whether thought, you like it or not, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it was a very good interview, which came out several months ago. I remember hearing about it. It was really good. Like she really opened up. I mean, it made she, national news. Well, yeah. yeah, she was giving like she'd said like George Bush made comments during Trump's inauguration, and like that's the kind of stuff <laughs> I want to hear. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about like reading an article, but I want to hear about what a former president said about a current, yeah, one former terrible president <laughs> to another terrible well, president. Yeah. But Howard also is able to humanize people. Yes, and there yeah. was a lot of cool stuff in there about well, her relationship, early relationship with bill clinton and they met in the town that i live which is cool like there was some like yeah cool stuff i'm like oh yeah talk more about new haven it's awesome that's funny but Um, jeff we uh, we ended up giving jimmy we ended up giving you not the most recent right from a couple years ago a paul mccartney interview because you're a beatles boy you're a big bad beetle boy yeah jim what did you think of this interview i've seen clips of this uh randomly popped up on youtube um i don't remember maybe like six months ago um so i i've seen a a big chunk of it i remember him talking about like uh 
I think like the the title of the video was like who broke up the Beatles and mm. Paul's just like John, uh, which I thought <laughs> was funny. Um, but no, it was it was really good. Obviously, he gave That's a lot of good. insight of um, some early Beatles stuff, um, how they would write and uh, if things would be like, oh, like would you bring this to John or would you how, what state of the song would you bring it to the full band yeah well that's the cool thing about this show is people like this are given one to two hours to just talk they're not given 15 minutes on a late show and also when you think when i think about the beatles too like we did an episode on the beatles but like you know that whole thing they're bigger than jesus yeah they kind of are they're more than just oh yeah they're they're more they're more than just pop culture they are iconic it's like if superman was real they're <laughs> yeah. you know they're they're just this huge thing yeah. and here you still have one of the members yeah two years ago just sitting down talking talking about it yeah you're just bringing down this veil yeah yeah i mean I, it, it was a great interview i mean uh it, some of it did come off a little bit fanboy but like it also yeah, like but that's cool yeah no um it, it also was inevitable because he is one of the biggest musicians of all time um, well, I think that's good that you picked up on that because that is, I think, a big aspect of Howard's interviewing technique. Right. He strokes their ego. He's always yeah. the biggest fan of whoever right. comes in there. Yeah. But he utilizes that to get them to open up. That's true. So Paul McCartney like gave out some nuggets in there that again made national news. Like yeah. Um, there was also some cool stuff that I can really relate to. Like, and I'm sure Jeff too. Like. He he gets so finite in the details of like what it's like to be a musician and to be in a band yeah. that nobody really talks about. Like I thought it was cool how he was talking, like you said, Jim, the Beatle who brings the song, yeah, um, gets to sort of be the boss of the song. Is how yeah. Paul t- that, that was it. cool, which I, you can definitely hear right. within uh, the actual song. Like, oh, that's a John song, that's a Paul song, that's a George song, and there was some cool stuff in there about how Paul had to like rein George in when it came to um. Uh, which song was it? It was either, um, I think it was Hey Jude. Yeah, it was Hey Jude. Yes. George hey Jude. wanted to put like a lead guitar riff at the end of yeah, every yeah. line. And Paul had to basically tell him like, no. Yeah. And that's just like a crazy thing because at that point they're already like icon status. So to tell George Harrison like, no, you're not playing guitar there. That's so yeah. so, so cool to me. Which is also pretty funny too because one of my biggest gripes with... um. I think, yeah, Let It Be is that there's like just a shoe-in guitar solo in it. Yeah. And in the Let It Be uh, naked version, there's like barely any guitar in that song. Yeah, side tangent, always listen to Let It Be Naked, listener. Oh, yeah. Don't ever I listen never to wear clothes when I listen to yeah. just like Let It yeah. Be Free, baby. <laughs> um, but another good thing about the way his style of interviewing, like, so he's interviewed Paul McCartney several times over the years. Yeah. But well, the first time he did it was like a big get. You know, yeah. he's a huge fan and yeah. it's like this godlike uh, person. But as soon as he sits down, it's like they're best friends. Yeah. Right? So like if you listen to us talk to our friend Ian on Letterkenny, like we were guiding the conversation, asking questions, but it just sounded like a back and forth interview. And we're good friends with him. <laughs> yeah. But like Howard will sit down with like a former first lady, secretary of state yeah. and just be like, hey, what's going on? Or someone that he's never met. Like that's another- what I'm saying, like because he tried to get her on the show. Yeah. many times and she said no and then they even talked about like how she it was regrettable because she could have been more humanized yeah but yeah like even people you wouldn't think he'd be able to relate to he does like yeah if you're talked into it jim i would encourage you another interview that i was considering adding here was uh billy eilish 
Oh, yeah. That was a really good interview. I'm like, how is he going to relate to the 17-year-old girl? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he didn't have, he never met her, didn't have a ton of exposure to her music, but she just used his fascination of like the songwriting process right. as a way in. So that became like a really interesting inside look of how she writes songs with her brother and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it just segued into her personal life and stuff. Yes, I mean, you were talking about uh, in the first half about how you would put Marin up there, too. And I do agree that he's also very good at like getting things. He's good at like sort of relating to the person, even if they're like completely different. Yeah. But um, I think Howard does a little bit better where like Marin is like successful, like probably 80 percent of the time. And I think Stern probably more like 95 to 100. Right. The only thing that I think Howard has over Mark Marin is um Howard leaves himself out mark maron always brings himself into the interview <laughs> yeah, that's true which helps him relate it does yeah but i think it also um sort of makes the interviewee feel like an other like half of the conversation right yeah whereas howard wants to leave as much space you'll hear like part of his interview technique is just like staying quiet yeah He'll like give an extra pause and see if the person will continue to talk on their own. Right. Yeah. Which is also what I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to tangent about WTF, but yeah. uh, which is what I like about WTF is that I think his producer said that like, it's the Mark Marin story. Like you're right. literally seeing him progress throughout the 10 years or whatever he's been doing it. Whereas Howard has the other three hours of his show yeah, to be the to, Howard story. Yeah, exactly. So he really does become sort of transparent when it comes to interviews. Right. But, you know, the last couple sections that I wanted to talk about um, really sort of relate to the day-to-day rundown and working of a regular show. So yeah. we talked about these big topics like um, his family, the whack pack, his yeah. interviewing technique. But in an average show, we get a lot of stuff that's like him interacting with callers and emails, him interacting with the news of the day, the pop yeah. culture of the day. So we, Jeff and I did want you to listen to one recent episode. Yeah. And they are a little bit weird right now because they're in quarantine. quarantine. So they're recording, um, you know, via like Skype or Zoom or something like that. Yeah. There's some other service they use, I think. Yeah. Keeps it. But um, what did you think of the episode we had you listen to, which was uh, uh from May 11, 2020? So I thought... Obviously, the highlight was um, talking to Ronnie, and yeah. um, he's a he should be in the whack pack. Yeah, that guy's character. He's very interesting. I know a lot of people like that. As um, treaks. Yeah. Um. So it it was definitely pretty relatable to me. It's like, come on, man, you shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. But as a whole of the show, I thought it was kind of a slog. Really. Um. I just thought it was like obviously they're. They're going to be talking about the virus because that's what's happening right now. And I don't know if it's just because I've been listening to a lot of things that have been talking about this to no end. So honestly, when they first did the remote show, the first week they did it, they were just using like laptop mics because everything happened so quickly. It sounded like crap, but I was still listening because I was intrigued. But the show was also only like an hour long. Yeah. Right. And then like by the second week, I was like, I just... I hear this Corona stuff. I just yeah. don't. I haven't listened to any Corona episode. So this is the first time I listen to this yeah. as well. But like, I feel what you're saying. So it might not be super like indicative of how the show usually is. Yeah. But it's a current episode that highlighted a lot of the cast. Yeah. Um, I, I thought uh, obviously we got some like phone calls and stuff and uh, uh, talking about um, current events which is like any other normal radio show. Um, uh, it 
it obviously he does have these like sort of bits. He has writers and stuff right. come up with these ideas, like big ideas for episodes. So obviously you're going to get at least like one, maybe two big things per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was kind of eh, boring. Um, obviously the Ronnie made happy hour stuff was really funny, but um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, listen to like three hours a day how many episodes come out a week three episodes three and they're like every takes two a lot weeks. of vacations recently. Yeah. yeah every two weeks every three weeks depending on whatever it's pretty much when he feels like it yeah and another thing fine. that fans don't like is that they never say when they're going on vacation like if there's a holiday in the week assume there's not going to be a show for the week before during right. or after yeah yeah i mean i i will say that i think you have to sort of come to it with a different mentality right which is that even though He's presenting it now in sort of a podcast format because you listen through an app and you could digest it when you want. He's still cultivating a morning drive time radio show. Yeah. So he's making um, a product that's not meant to be listened to in great depth and detail. It's not like a podcast. It's not like a WTF where you sit down for an hour and you focus on this subject. I agree. He is. So what I like to listen to it is, uh, like while I'm at work doing things, I just put it on. I walk around the, yeah. you know, whatever. Like if I have to go to the copy machine, I go. I don't like pause it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah which in, is in fine. In the morning, like I'll turn it on, take a shower, listen to it, drive to work, stop when I get to work, yeah. maybe listen to some at work. But then like, cause there's only three episodes a week, like you have four more days to catch up, to listen yeah. to stuff. And like, because the app, you could control what you want to listen yeah. to. It's not like when you get in the car and it's just on. Like sometimes you get in the car and you hear the same thing four times in a right. row. But because of the app, uh, as clunky as it is, you can yeah. still. What what I will encourage you is, um, you know, I think there's a lot of value in the stuff that's more downtime for him, like his vamping, his yeah. dealing with callers. But if you're not sold on that just yet, they do have features in the app. Like they have This Week in Howard Stern, which is sort yeah. of like all three episodes compressed into like one episode length. Okay. Where it's like highlights, basically. They also have just segments isolated out where you could just right. hear the interview. You could just, yeah. you know, see whatever the crazy staff I'll thing I'll often was. skip interviews, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah. even even though, like, we know, I know he's a great interviewer. If there's a person I don't care about, I'll skip it. If I hear it was a great interview, I'll go back and listen to it. But I typically like, listen to two types of interviews. One, where I really, like, like the person and care about them. Or two, one where I don't care at all. And don't think Howard would and want to see how he does it. Like Billie Eilish. Oh, okay. So, cause I find that like fascinating. Like sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. Like he's interviewed some country people that I was like, oh, how's this going to go? And then I was just like, mm, kind of boring. Also, he doesn't yeah. know anything about country music. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> one type of person. He doesn't know who Luke Bryan is. Like I know the name, Yeah. but he, he watches American Idol and he's a judge or something. And he has no, he's like, who is this guy even? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, um. There is some benefit because there's certain people who are not like quote unquote whack packers, but are like regular callers. Guys like uh, Bobo, King of All Blacks. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we sort of got into that during the uh, whack pack Shawnee. bracket. Yeah. Marianne from Brooklyn. And then there's another one who started out as a regular caller, but is sort of segued into um, being a whack packer, which Jeff just referenced. No. And this is a. Uh, he was initially known as High Register Sean. <laughs> he doesn't like that name. He okay. likes to be referred to as Shawnee. Okay. Uh, Howard 
completely messes with him all the time by referring to him only as high register Sean. So that's a Howard thing too that he's admitted to. Yeah. That he will purposely call people or mispronounce their names, call them by the wrong <laughs> names because he knows it gets to them. It puts yeah. him on edge. Like sometimes, like e- even every now and then, I'm like, oh, he totally said his name wrong, and I'm like, oh no, that's on purpose. Yeah. Like he knows what these people's names are. Yeah. Like he'll do a uh, Sal Gubanal instead of Governali. <laughs> he'll do. Shuli Egar instead of Shuli Agar. Right. Just like different things like that. But uh, the reason why I wanted to focus on on Shawnee, High Register Sean, mm-hmm. is because, ladies and gentlemen, we have our second oh, very special boy. guest of the episode. I'm actually really excited that he agreed to be on our show. So, because, Jeff, like, tell, tell the audience, tell Jimmy, like, what you can expect from a regular uh, Shawnee phone call. Regular Shawnee call is very conspiratorial. He believes in a lot of things that are not mainstream. And as you know from listening to this show, I love conspiracy theories. While I may not ascribe to a lot of them, I find I'm greatly interested by them. And um, he is a firm believer that wolfmen exist. Dogmen. Dogmen. Dogmen exist. <laughs> Which are human-dog hybrids okay. that live in the forest near his house. Right. So obviously the Howard Stern cast. Uh, challenges them on that yeah and i believe has shuli ever gone out to him it's or they've just it was in the works other. before the quarantine yeah so so shuli he's a cast member who mm-hmm. kind of keeps the whack pack in line that he like <laughs> visits them right does like in-depth uh what what do they call them um <laughs> embedded <laughs> embedded he goes okay. embedded with whack packers where he just <laughs> follows them around for like a weekend okay yeah and they're really interesting so um I don't know. I just I like when he calls because well, we should you, you say, can tell like he's a he's a good dude, but he just has some pretty out there ideas, and it's like combative. Yeah. Well, he, we should Howard. say that he started coming on the radar of the Stern Show because of his voice. He has a very prominent uh, speech impediment. He he's a stutterer, but the reason why he was called High Register Sean is because when he stutters. His tick is that his voice like goes up in pitch. Uh, so it's very unique. Like I said, he was picked up on because of that, but he ended up really like that's not even discussed much anymore. It's all about his conspiracy theories. And then, right. like as Jeff referenced earlier, uh, Howard was very combative with him because Howard is is total like pessimist, like doesn't right. believe in stuff. Yeah. He's a skeptic. Skeptic, yeah. But lately, Howard has sort of come along what what jeff has probably missed out on because he's not listening to the quarantine episodes is that uh they've had some good like uh friendship conversations i actually have not heard that that are excellent because they're talking about the merits of like dried food because howard is fully like in a bunker like never leaving and so that's funny and sean he's like i told you so man he's like uh, (laughs) howard's like tell me which brands of of cat food i can buy that will last more than a year And stuff like that. So that that's been pretty funny. So Jimmy, yeah, I reached out to a lot of whack packers and and callers and and stuff like that. And luckily, High Register Sean Shawnee was one of the people who responded. So I was able to have a conversation with Shawnee. Oh, and here is his attempt to convince you to listen to the Howard Stern show. Uh, uh hey, J- 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 Jimmy, what's up, buddy? Um. Listen, you, I, I think you should uh, give, 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 give Howard Stern a shot. You should li, 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 listen into the show, but don't take his his word for for, 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 for politics or anything on on, 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 on conspiracy theories because he doesn't know shit 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 about it. Um, I hi, my, my my name is Sean Sean, Sean Lani, uh, Regardless of what Howard might call, call, call me. 
he has a bullshit name for me that is disgusting. Um, anyway, um, I've been a uh, uh, Howard Stern fan since 1994. Uh, that was when I started li- 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 listening. Uh, up here in Boston, the show was on at night at that time. It, it, it was taped in the mornings and then re-aired at night. And the first time, time I called in was, uh, I believe it was like two, two, 2008. <clears throat> My first call was about, uh, I'd called in about, uh, I, I, I must have called those, those college girls, nappy-headed hoes. Um, I called in, I got through, I was on the air, that was on a Tuesday. Um, and then later that, that week on a Thursday, I called back, back, back again. I enjoyed it so much. And I talked to uh, Artie about camel spiders. And the rest is, that's where it all went. That's when they uh, ended up inviting me onto the show to come down. <clears throat> it, what I think was one of my better uh, um, 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 times on the show was I I, I had done I I I'd, go, I'd argued with John, John the Stone letter. I was on the phone. He was in stu- studio. Then they invited me to do his show with him, um, and that was kind of it, it. Didn't go as as well as I'd hoped. But then um, they had him they had him do 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 his show again, and they they told me that I would be on it again. But then I, I I was excluded from his 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 next episode, which really lit a fire under my ass. And I called in, and we really had we really mixed it up. Uh, really gave, gave it to each other pretty good. And he is um, I don't know I don't even know if he's alive anymore. I think I broke him. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy's man. a yes now. He was a no this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, uh, I I believe Sh- Shawnee is on um, cameo. I, we're gonna have his information in the show notes along with Fred. Definitely on Twitter. Yeah, yeah follow Twitter, him on Twitter like that. So yeah. uh, so you could check him out. But that we really appreciate him reaching out. Yeah, that that was great. Uh, I was <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. He's another like Jeff said. He's a nice guy, got some interesting beliefs. I'm but. always excited when like if I'm if I'm listening to the show on a delay and I see in the little previews, it's like high register Sean. I get real excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I text Dan. I'm like, yeah, man, he's coming up. <laughs> That's funny. Also, another highlight of the episode that you had me listen to was uh, Sicker Dick, and <laughs> I was surprisingly very good at sicker dick <laughs> why don't you explain in uh as much appropriate terminology as we can muster what that game was uh it was um audio of a girl either throwing up due to being sick or a girl throwing up uh well, due gagging. to giving fellatio yeah yeah um and I was surprisingly good well that was the thing right is that like you can sort of hear the gagging <laughs> on it so like I was like, oh, that's dick. <laughs> the trick is whether it was rhythmic or not. Yeah, true. They Agreed. do a lot of those contests. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was porn, that was porn sounds versus other sounds. I do love how it like just happens. Like he was just like, all right, let's play sicker dick. <laughs> like just a random caller. So so one thing I'm glad you sort of brought that up because I I we tried to keep this organized and not jump around, but I do want to jump back because one thing we forgot to mention, you know, we talked about the greater cast at large All right but Dude, we i was just about to bring this up we too. didn't really get in depth with howard's two main sidekicks 
Robin and Fred. Oh, and true. the reason why I think of Fred is because, and I think this is what Jeff's thinking 100%, about. 100%. I was just about to say this. Is is Robin you hear a lot of. She's yeah. sort of his voice of reason. He <clears throat> bounces stuff off of her. She's his laughing chorus. Yeah. Um, and she's great. And I want to talk about her. But Fred, Fred expresses himself through audio drops. Yeah. So, Do. Jim, Throughout all the stuff you listen to, none yeah. of it really highlighted Fred, but it was all in there. True. Everything you yeah. hear that's like enhanced audio into the rec- into the episode is right. Fred doing it live. Yeah. Which is incredibly impressive to me. What yeah. did you think of this as no, a producer? I think it's pretty funny. Um, the, also, the A Street podcast does it to you because of Stern. Um, uh, I mean, I did it on our last podcast because of Stern. It just wasn't live because I didn't have the technology. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was super funny, like the Dane Dozen. Um, yeah, the Dane Dozen. Yeah. We did that out of step radio live. Oh, because true. Because of yeah. Stern. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Comic books. Yay. Mm. Um, that's a blast of the past. Uh, no, it was super funny. Um, a lot of it was, I was sort of like, what's actually happening? Because a lot of it is like drops from the show. Yeah. So I was like, why did Baba Bowie just like show up? But then I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just um, just uh, audio Talk track. Toothy. Yeah, no, it it was super funny, and I, he's definitely um, a huge part of the show because of that. Yeah, and it's so funny that um, some people throughout the years have like asked, like, "What does Fred do? Why is Fred valuable? Why do you have Fred around?" And Howard vehemently defends Fred. Yeah, until they call up saying that he's the best part of the show, and then he hangs up on. Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> um, and then Robin. Robin yeah, is, Robin's great. Is sort of Howard's right hand man. To me, Robin represents, even though like as her character has expounded on the show, and yeah. you realize how wacky she is. Uh, she's she's got some quirks. Yeah, initially yeah. she's sort of the audience surrogate for me. Yeah, uh, I she's actually the highlight of Private Parts for me. I thought she was, she was really good. Yeah, uh, I love how she just like goes along with him, like even though she like knows she shouldn't. Yeah, uh, it was so good. But to me, that's like how a regular person gets carried away with Howard. Yeah. Over the years, there is definitely not now, but like there was always some kind of like romantic tension. Yeah, sexual yeah. Tension. the other woman in my life. Yeah, and then it's kind of more just evolved to just like familial, like brother sister, right? Yeah, like almost like twins. Like they have such a strong connection. Mm. I do love that uh, during his last show uh, when he's outside, he's like, "Just flash me once." Like it was really good. <laughs> Uh no, it was super funny and uh large she, she's, pendulous breasts. <laughs> she's uh very important to the show. I don't think it would be the same without her. So Jimmy, this is the time when we usually ask you for overall thoughts. We've kind of done overall right. thoughts through this yeah. whole episode, but do you have anything else you want to add or question or uh I don't think so. Um I mean I honestly the the one note that I got from out of here, I wrote down a lot of notes. I didn't even look at them. Uh, the one note that I had was about sicker dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I don't. I don't think so. Nothing that I haven't already said. So, you know, we had the callers giving you a push. Yeah. Uh, I have a few things that I want to give a final push. Jeff, do you have any sort of final thoughts? Yeah, just like like you mentioned that the show we gave you wasn't that great, but just think that's one show out of thousands yeah have, there's you could easily there's literally a lifetime worth of content you can listen to there's so much stuff that's running in my head now that i want to talk about but i don't want to have a seven hour podcast yeah so we're like, already over an hour 
there's just so much stuff an hour in the second half of the show. Yeah. There's so much stuff that you can find and dig and listen to. Like even like the Beatles interviews, like go listen to all yeah. the other Paul McCartney ones. Yeah. Listen to more sicker Dick. Listen to more Richard and Sal. There's so many more whack packers and so many more crazy weird stories. And like, I've taken breaks from the show too. Like when they went to satellite, I had a friend at the time who had it. So like, we would drive close to each other and I would have an FM transmitter in my car so we could both listen to it going to different places. Yeah. And then uh, my ex had it in her car and I had that for a while, but then there were years I didn't have it. I came back a couple of years ago. Yeah. And thanks to like, your friend. Thanks to my friend. <laughs> like a week or two later, I'm caught up. Like you're just, you're just that, you know what's going on. It's so, it's such familiar territory. It's like sometimes I have a large family on my dad's side. A lot of them I don't see until right. thanksgiving and you know like i see him once a year and it's like hey what's up no time has passed it's <laughs> yeah. like that yeah it's yeah just i want to sort of expound on that um to me the hardest part of getting into howard stern and getting back into howard stern was getting caught up with just like what's going on with the staff you know right they're literally I didn't like know who Mehmet was when i came back and now yeah. i'm fully vested in that dude <laughs> yeah but i think like he's a bad cowboy to give you to give you a little push i think what you've consumed now You've pretty much done that. You've gotten the hard work done with. Yeah. I think if you were to step in, now I don't know if I would recommend it for you to to consume this way, but even if you were to step in and just listen to new daily shows, you wouldn't be that confused. I think no. you'd have the gist of what's going on. Yeah, no, I think that you guys did. Although it was a lot, and I think you could have cherry-picked a little bit better. Um, <laughs> or just turn on Sternthology, right. Channel 101. Just put it on, whatever's yeah. on, just listen to it. Um, uh you guys gave me a, a huge, a, you gave me basically his entire history. Huh. Um, so I think you guys did a good job with that. Like I said, could have been, thank you. Could have been done a little bit better, but we'll get that to that Dan's later. Um, uh, I mean, I would have like trimmed down some of those big episodes, like the history ones and the whack pack ones. Yeah. But I don't have the tools to edit that. <laughs> well, you could have just been like, oh, listen to this, this, this. No. It is cut up for you, Dan. No. Um, I don't know. Ask me the question, boys. Well, okay. <laughs> I want you to keep everything in mind. You literally, no one, to my knowledge, has had two whack packers try to convince them <laughs> to listen to the Howard Cern show. This is unique to you, Jimmy. It is. It is very, this is a very Jimmy-centric episode. Yeah. So, uh, I get it. So, Jimmy. Did, did we, we talk, talk you into, into Howard Stern? Howard Stern? Yes. Hey, I now. knew it. Uh, soft yes. Oh. Um, it I, is a lot. It's a huge thing. My only only concern is I already listened to a f ton of stuff, man. Sorry, Sorry Jim. You. Sorry, Jim. Um, yeah, me too. And they're like, like I said, I haven't listened to the quarantine episodes in like two months. Yeah. But I'm going to continue listening in my life. I, I don't think <laughs> I'm going to subscribe to Sirius at the moment. Um. Uh, Everything that you had me listen to, I loved. Uh, it was super great, but I just don't think I have the time for it at the moment, uh, especially like in quarantine where I'm just constantly consuming stuff. Um, well, Jimmy, I just have a lot. Let me pop in here real quick okay. and just say that your cuz friend has a subscription that he shares with this other guy, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. As long as you maintain the unwritten rule that Jeff and I share, which is that I get priority. So if okay. you can't have two people on the app at the same time, right. it, it kicks me off 
very regularly. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I didn't get to listen to a lot of this. So if you're willing to deal with that, I will happily give you my information. <laughs> okay. And you could pop in once a week, check out the highlights, something like that. Or just yeah. text Dan and be like, hey, can I listen to this? I, sometimes I do that. I'm like, Dan, are you listening? Because I want right. to listen to this like hour long thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I I loved it. I loved every minute of it. He's such a pioneer. Um, it's obviously going to be a huge thing for me because I'm such a media guy. Um, I've, I've been recording podcasts for like five, six years. I've been on your podcast like 10 years ago. It's um, also funny that he hates podcasts. Yeah, because funny. he essentially It's is. essentially is a podcast yeah. now. So, um, Jim, yeah. I'm so happy that half of your vocabulary is now going to be Fred Drops because <laughs> yeah. that is mine. I'll just walk around my house going titties dude honestly i got so many like jokes that you've made over the year and a half we've been recording the show yeah i was like oh that's from this show yeah like dan and i are always saying could be could be oh yeah Vodka, straight up thank you <laughs> yeah no the, right the show is great super funny he's such a uh, pioneer uh great interviewer i mean it, it had to have been a yes i mean my only only reason I almost was a no is because like I just don't know if I have the time for it. Right. Um, I had a feeling you'd be a yes unless you were just completely turned off by or... yeah by like how much there is. There is early on. There's a lot of misogyny and some homophobia. Right. And yeah. Like, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. It, you just skip the stuff that you're not comfortable it's with. It's cringy. Right, like Dan yeah. said, it is a product of his time, and that's no excuse. But yeah. that does show how he's evolved now, where he's yeah. very, he says that he's not, he's, oh, I'm pretty conservative. Not really. He's, he's pretty, not. He's pretty <laughs> socially liberal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like the fact that he acknowledges his change. Right. Yeah. A yeah. large portion of his recent book is about how he went to therapy and improved himself, and he's happier with the person he is now. Yeah. So I'm very happy that you agreed to this. <laughs> now yeah, you'll no, at least it's... know what Jeff and I are talking about. <laughs> Honestly, that's a big reason why it was a yes, because I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about half the time. <laughs> now this podcast is going to make a whole lot more sense. Yeah. So balloon knot. Again, special thanks. I don't think we could have done it without Fred the Elephant Boy. And high register Sean. Shawnee. Shawnee. If it wasn't for them, I would have been a no. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy, Super as you awesome. said, this was a pretty Jimmy centric episode. Yeah. On the next episode, we're all gonna gonna carry the load equally. We're oh. all teaming up. Yeah. Against former talk me into foe. <laughs> Ian Mondrick. Oh, excited for this. Yeah, one. we're teaming up on him. He was on our Letter Kenny episode. He successfully talked us into the Canadian program Letter Kenny. Yeah. And we are going to successfully talk him into the Canadian program Trailer Park Boys. Whether he likes it or not. Yeah. Decent. We've never all three teamed up to talk someone no. something we've been teamed up against we've never had a guest Ian. return either yeah yeah thanks dave <laughs> <laughs> dave would probably do it yeah, yeah i'm just kidding but ian was easy to work with because jeff talks to him every day anyways like his yeah. girlfriend oh <laughs> that's cute no so, i love ian i'm excited for this yeah so we made a little playlist it's gonna be in the show notes Ian's going to watch it. You guys should watch it, too, because Trailer Park Boys is funny. Oh, man. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm so excited for this. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our quotes are from Trailer Park Boys, too. Yeah. If you watch Trailer Park Boys and Howard Stern, you get us. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> Jeff. Throw yes. in some always sunny, too. Yeah. Where can uh, people find the show online? People can find us on TalkMeInto.com. If you use websites, Grandpa, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> okay, at TalkMeInto. 
Sure, we're on Facebook, Karen. I guess we are. I don't know, yeah. Jimmy. Are we still on Facebook? I, I don't think know. so, yeah. Yeah, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash talk me into. Lots of fun stuff up there. We, we have do. a YouTube channel. Jimmy is pumping it up. We got a couple yeah. uh, cook with us videos. There's some clips from our shows that are up there that are pretty cool. Just funny little outtakes uh, when we were in quarantine. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some more stuff up there. And Jimmy, where can people find you personally on the World Wide Web? They can find me at son of a fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H on Twitter and Instagram. I'm funny, hopefully. <laughs> Dan, where can people find you online? Well, guys, I want to tell you that since the president has made an executive order making it illegal to censor my tweets, I will be on Twitter under the name Danny underscore breakdown, tweeting the hottest takes, the flyest flybys, all the stuff, all the hate. It's going to be all on there, and we're just going to make the world a terrible, terrible place, and no one can stop us. Oh, yeah. In the meantime... You can nope. find me. Oh yeah, on you should have done yours first, dum dum. No, we that's we dum dum Dugan. I, I do the where you find the show. I throw it. You throw it. Well, throw I'm throwing it back, it back to you. Throw it back to me, baby. Let me do it. You can find Jeff on Twitter under the name. We should all do each other sometime. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, let's do that next. Uh, Twitter at J E F F F F F two seven. That's Jeff five F's. The number twenty seven. Thank you for listening to talk me into. What will we talk you into next? Decent. <laughs> Who wants to bring us back? Be <clears throat> me. That's that's how it works. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Still can't figure it out. Nope. <clears throat> sixty nine episodes. Sixty nine. <laughs> it's crazy because there is twenty four hours worth of content, and I don't think that there was any of my favorite whack packer. Really? Yeah. Who's your favorite? We'll get there. Okay. Mm, interesting. I kind of embellished it a little. Yeah. Um, let me ask you uh, real quick. Uh, are you calling on behalf of a police department or government agency?